I don't see what the big deal is. I had plenty of report cards with 3Ds printed on them. This is the Veteran Wargamer. This is the Veteran Wargamer. I am your host, Jay Arnold. Welcome to episode 45. In this episode, I'm speaking with the first friend of the show, Tim Spakowski. And we're going to talk about a uh, subject that is near and dear to Tim's heart, and that is 3D printing. Tim, how are you doing today? I am great. How are you doing, Jay? I am I am really glad to have you on the show, that's for sure. Um, it's been a long time since we talked. Uh, it's been a long time since, since you've been on the show. Uh, what has been going on since we talked last with Special Artisan Service Miniatures? Oh, my God. I I have just been extremely busy pumping out uh, miniature ranges and as well as new vehicles. I just, I, <laughs> um, at, at least um, producing three to four, if not five products per month, uh, be it uh, 28 millimeter modern miniatures and or uh, vehicles or accessories for the, our wargaming tables. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's what I've been doing. I, um, I've also partnered um with a man um who is producing a set of rules called fire at will and uh that is going to be coming out towards either the end of this year or beginning of next so that all my miniatures will be in those rules and the miniatures being produced for those rules or produced will be for those rules itself mm-hmm. um so uh, i i'm very excited about that so but yeah and i'm now moving forward with uh, s- selling to U.S. retailers, uh, I've established uh, a retailer in the U.K. So I- I've just been been busy. <laughs> yeah, in a good way, though. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. All right. So fire at will. That's going to be a uh, ultra modern set of rules. Then that's correct. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Because the majority of your figures are are of that type, you know, ultra or hyper modern, whatever term you want to use. Yeah. I, I am uh, getting a set of miniatures produced from Tora Bora, uh, representing the special forces, both U S and UK special forces uh, that the, these were Delta SBS, SAS and, and other SF operators. And mm-hmm. they are in the uh, they're wearing, you know, Afghan type, clothing and hats and and stuff like that and then a uh, taliban range will be produced after that just to to accompany them all right well um anyone who has paid attention to special artisan service miniatures knows that it's it's not it's not any stretch of the imagination to to say that you do most if not all of your prototyping by 3d printing is that correct that is correct yes uh, I have uh, several uh, 3D printers, uh, FDM printers, filament distributed material based printers, mm-hmm. and I have several resin printers, liquid resin printers. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And I guess we should go ahead and get started about our discussion, or I guess we should start our discussion on exactly what 3D printing is. Can you give us a, a rundown of of basically what the what are we talking about when we say what is 3d printing well 
3D printing is taking a digital file that's been created, drawn, built, either for uh, small vehicle parts all the way to, my God, medical. The medical industry is using 3D printing for uh, 3D printing organs. Mm -hmm. uh, they're 3D printing... Uh, materials for hearing aids, but from our in our practicum in our in our use of three D printing, it's taking a file, say of a vehicle, of a car, and that file is digitally drawn or digitally sculpted, and then you take that file, and with software, it's called slicing software, it takes that file and basically breaks that file down to ones and zeros in lines. And you build a file from that, that is called a G code file. And that file then is interpreted into the 3D printing base, a 3D printer. And the printer literally prints that file one line at a time. Mm -hmm. So it's taking it from a digital form to a physical form. Okay. And now I'm going to have some more in-depth questions later because we're we're currently in discussion of buying buying a 3D printer uh, from you, actually. And uh, I'll, I'll have more detailed questions, I'm sure. But we'll keep it general for, for the show, if that's all right with you. Yeah. Um, you mentioned a couple different technologies for the 3D printers that you use. Uh, one was filament distribution, and the other was uh, the uh, liquid, liquid resin. resin. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. And what are can you explain a little bit more about what those are and their primary differences and their primary uh, uses. Uh, okay. So filament distributed FDM printers, these I find are best used for terrain mm -hmm. and making, you know, buildings, uh, uh, just different terrain pieces for the, for the tabletop. When I first started this business, that's what I used to print vehicles. And uh, they do print vehicles. They do print them nice. The The problem is for production. If you would go to production for actually taking a vehicle and making a mold out of it, you, you can't have any of the lines that are produced by the FDM printers. It's just, that, it's just inherent with the technology. Now, um, I still sell a lot of my vehicles that are printed on FDM. And uh, they are nice, and they can be cleaned up, but they're not the the top-of-the-line professional when you think of, hey, I'm buying this vehicle, and this is what it should look like. Um, however, there is a market for it, and there are people that do like the, the vehicles printed that way because it does offer them a cheaper solution and a viable mm -hmm. solution to get something put out. Mm -hmm. So I saw in the market, um, personally, that... The, the future for good quality, when we think of, wow, this is a, almost a pristine model, is a liquid resin printing. It's liquid resin printers. Now, that printer uh, takes literally liquid resin, and you put it into what's called a vat. And the printing, am I going too far in this conversation, or did I answer your question? or Because I can go on tangents. No, that's okay. <laughs> we can deal with tangents. Um, yeah, we'll probably circle back around and talk about how there's actually, you know, like with the with the FDM, there's a 
there is a filament of a plastic material that's heated by a nozzle and it's yes. basically yep. built up that way. But yeah, yeah, we, yeah. So I'm sorry, I'll, I'll refocus. Okay. So yeah, so the the filament based is uh, people jokingly say it looks like weed whacker material, the material, the plastic that's that used for for weed whipping machines, and the the material itself. There's different kinds of materials for mm-hmm. FDM. And they're in a spool, and like you said, that spool that you know, the the piece of material is taken from the spool and run into the extruder, and the extruder gets hot, and then it just starts printing, uh, laying down that plastic mm-hmm. line by line on, on the print bed itself. Okay, and the the liquid resin. So the liquid resin, uh, like I said, it's it's literally liquid resin that's put into a vat, and the the printing technology is different. The, there is a laser below that liquid resin vat, and it shoots images layer by layer uh, up into the resin. And the, there's the print bed itself is lowered into that resin. So it's basically kind of think of like taking a photograph uh, or of reverse images of the photograph line by line by line. And as that print is building, the print bed is increasing and is going back up so that you're building that that material or building that model that you're printing Mm -hmm. so that is yeah right now there are some consumer grade printers that uh, i would recommend for liquid resin printers the issue with liquid resin printers is the build size Mm. You, you know um you can there's form labs uh, there are which there's also a company called Piopoli, and they have a printer called Moai, and these are in their price ranges of two thousand to three thousand dollars ish. Those are the ones that I would recommend for liquid resin printing. There are others that are in the subclass of five to seven hundred dollars or even three hundred dollars. But if you value your sanity <laughs> and you value your time, then I would steer away from those printers that are cheaper. Now, mm-hmm. there's I'm sure people will argue that they have, oh, you know, my experience is I got this. Well, that's fine. From my experience, if you value your sanity, and that goes for that goes the same for filament distributed uh, FDM printers as well. Mm-hmm. There there are a lot of FDM printers out there. And uh, some in the $200 range, some in the $500 range. I personally would recommend staying away from those because a lot of them are built really uh, cheap and the support is nil. And uh, a lot of times you are you get this printer and it turns out to be a brick because yeah. it's just not working. Right. <laughs> so that just creates utter frustration. And, uh, you know, I, I can tell you my experience... I had a, uh, when I first started, I had, I bought a, a bigger FDM printer and it was, I think I spent $800 on it. And, uh, you can ask, you can ask my wife. I, I just, I went crazy over the thing cause it just would not work. Hmm. And then you're stuck with this thing. So, yeah, uh, that's, that's why I tell people when you're getting into the business, your budget is very important. If your budget right now, if you only have $500, if I was you, then I would just wait at, and, until you at least have double of that uh, and then move forward. 
Right. Okay. Now, there are a number of different materials that can be used for the different types of 3D printing. What are what are some of the more popular materials for FDM, for example? The, the, the two most popular that I'm aware of is PLA or ABS. And ABS is a uh, very uh, tough plastic that requires higher temperatures to print. It also, from my understanding, can emit some more, um, not gas, but there, there is a smell to, to the ABS that, that, that uh, pe- people say that requires some proper venting. Mm-hmm. I do not use ABS because of that. I've always used PLA, which is actually, from my understanding, a corn-based uh, material. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's many different kinds of PLA out there. Again, it goes back to what you spend is what you get. So you can buy PLA for 10 to $15 retail, or you can go all the way up to 35 to $40 and more for a uh, uh, kilogram size spool. And if you really want good quality, I would steer away from the $15 <laughs> ones and get the the ones that are at least in the twenty five to thirty five dollar uh, range. Yeah, and I I guess it depends on the model size. But how many models would you normally get out of uh out of a single spool? And let's say just for the sake of argument, we're talking about twenty eight millimeter passenger vehicle. Just as an example, would you estimate? Well, I I mean, gosh, it really depends. Uh, I'd say at least under 10, maybe eight to nine. Okay. It just really depends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because one of the things with, uh, with the FDM, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, is you have to build support structures right. for the model that you're just going to snip off and, and clean up anyway. Yep. Supports are a must. And supports uh, allows because you're printing line by line, and uh, say you're you're printing a vehicle, a truck, and you have a wheel well where the you know that where the tire is going to be fitting in, but there's this arc or this arch of the wheel well. Well, because it's printed line by line, if you don't have any supports, when the printer goes to print those areas of the wheel well, there's no support there, so it's just going to fall down. And it's going to look sloppy. And I mean, it's just, you're not going to, it's just, you're wasting your time. So you do have to print supports or create supports uh, so that the structure is is sound. And you do have to remove the supports, which are easy to do. uh, But the supports require, uh, you know, more material as well as more time in printing. So you, you, if you say you're going to print a truck and at a high speed, it may take, I don't know, five hours to print. Uh, but if you print it without supports, it may take you three and a half. But, you, you, I mean, it would be nuts for you not to print it with supports. Right. Yeah, so it's definitely it's definitely something that you want to take your time in figuring out exactly how you want to print it before you press play. Most definitely, yes. Yeah. All right. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah, and- this is... Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. And you do that in the slicing software. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I wanted to talk to you about is uh, the software that that's involved because you've got a number of different 
software options, not not only for how you design your own creations, but also, uh, I guess, interpreting, for lack of a better term, interpreting those those files for the 3D printer, and that's with uh, with the slicing software. And, and and if I'm not mistaken, the slicing software is a uh, type of software that will interpret the 3D model that's been created layer by layer based on the resolution that you wish to print out. Is that correct? That is correct. So that's how when you you take a, a file that's been created, say such as a truck, and in order for it to be able to, to print, you put it in the slicing software. And what the slicing software does is it breaks that file down um, line by line uh, as well as puts a lot of math to it so that it's telling the printer where the, the, the extruder goes, where the print head goes, and all that sort of stuff. But it's, it is what allows you to print. And when you slice, there's different settings. You could use a high-speed setting, mm-hmm. and uh, which you'll get you know, kind of a, a crappy result. And you can all go all the way up to like a high or ultra setting, which definitely increases the, the time in which it takes to print something. But the quality uh, goes up tremendously. Mm-hmm. For terrain, for buildings, I personally just use this, the speed slicing uh, software or the, uh, the, the speed option, because these are buildings and, you know, especially if you're printing Adobe type buildings or whatever, it doesn't need to be pretty because in a lot of cases you can take the, uh, spackle uh, and, and other things like that and put it on your, your, that building that you've just printed and make it look mm-hmm. more, uh, you know, more like Adobe. So, uh, or mud or anything like that. So that, okay. that's personally what I do. Alrighty, and um, and actually, for some science fiction applications, I think that the the resolution lines on FDM models, I, I think it actually looks just fine because you can imagine that you know they they three D printed the building with a giant three D printer, right? You know? Right. Yep. Um, and actually, I've I've seen I've seen a video of a what's basically a giant three D printer that they extrude concrete out of, and and build the building that way. It's 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 definitely an application for the technology that is in its infancy, but it it's it's real. It's it's here. It, so it's oh, it's it's, it's be... really cool. I mean, it's amazing. And um, in there are areas that they are helping homeless people are people that have been that are in third world countries where their buildings, their homes have been destroyed, and these three D printing behemoths are coming in, and they're just printing houses for them it's it's wonderful yeah it's that's definitely a neat it's definitely neat to see these types of technology being used for you know all manner of of applications like that no um now we mentioned the slicing uh what are some of the what are some of the software packages available for that uh, well, there is the popular Simplify 3D or S3D. That is a package that I think you can spend $150 for. And that allows you to print multi- using multiple printers. And that package has 
profiles that have been, they say, finely tuned, uh, you know, to, to accommodate the printer. There's also a free version called Cura, C-U-R-A, that has files or has profiles as well for different types of printers. There's also Idea Maker, and Idea Maker is what I use for my PLA machine, my uh, FDM printers. And those are those files or those profiles are actually that slicing software that that is produced is is produced specifically for the FDM printers that I have. Okay. So whether you're doing FDM or the liquid resin, they both require slicing. And what are what what are some of the differences in resolution that you can get between uh, FDM and liquid resin? Oh. Now you're talking I mean it you can go all the way down to well now it, with resolution there are FDM printers that say that they can get 0.01 microns. And yes, you can. But And then there are liquid resin printers that say that they can do that as well. Most of the time when I'm using my liquid resin printers, these are 25 micron resolution. And the, the, there, there, there are, are no lines. But these printers, these my my liquid resin printers, uh, the price of these are the price of some cars and the price of a house. So that you, you, the technology is basically what you the money that you're putting into that printer, and it is designed to create and produce a part or a model that is pristine. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get that in FDM printing. Uh, when I do print using FDM printing and I use the highest settings or the highest quality, I'm printing at about, they say, 10 microns. So, or mm-hmm. the, so you know, um, resolution, you know, it's, I, I, I recommend don't go anything other uh, uh, 10 microns uh, for uh for FDM printers. And that's what I use for mm-hmm. the highest settings. Okay. Because there's, there's, you're limited to the nozzle that the nozzle size that you have on your printer, as well as you're just limited to the t- technology itself. It's a different kind of technology. Okay. Cause you're 3d printing 28 millimeter figures. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's gotta, you know, you, you can't afford, I mean, there's no cleanup that you no. can do yeah. on an FDM figure with with that type of you know with any type of detail you know yeah exactly right and especially for um, mass production and the community would not uh, would not go for or allow you to sell anything less than what is already expected for miniature right so there are there are there are hobbyists out there that do use fdm printers to print miniatures and they're quite okay with it. And you know what? That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, but it's just the the gaming community expects a lot more. So you have mm-hmm. to up your game, and you have to you have to show it. <laughs> yeah, you know? absolutely. So I don't want to dissuade you from not saying, "Oh, I cannot print this figure, this miniature on FDM." You can print it. It's just not going to be smooth. It's going to be you're going to have to have some work. 
And I'm sure there are arguments out there that people say, oh, you know, my FDM printer does does well. Well, that's fine. Maybe it's newer technology and maybe the technology's changed. Um, but, but, you know, that's just, there's a hobbyist perspective mm-hmm. and, and then, then there is the, the professional quote professional experience and and that's right. there's the difference there absolutely now um one thing that kind of intrigued me is how is how you got into it and as far as you know being being on the professional side and and getting into it as a business and it's i would imagine it's not something you would recommend for anybody because i i know the work ethic you have you know having known you like i have for for as long as I have. And I got to say, it's not something that you want to get into lightly. Oh, hell no. <laughs> um, to put it mildly, to put it mildly. That's the, that's the censored version. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a lot to it. And mm-hmm. we, we, you know, we buy a printer and say, Oh, wow. I can print this vehicle. I can print this building. I could make some money off of this. So then you advertise and then you quickly realize I only have one printer. (laughs) And uh, how am I going to produce enough vehicles or whatever when they take 15 to 20 to sometimes 32 hours to print? Uh, So you've got that and then you think, okay, well, I need more printers to, to keep up with it. And so then you buy more printers, but then, you know, you do like anything, like any mechanical thing, you have breakdowns, you have mm-hmm. things that need to be maintained. They are computers. I mean, the, the base part of these printers are Linux OS printer uh, computers. So mm-hmm. just like a computer can go down, a printer can go down and that requires just maintenance or, you know, an extruder can get jammed and then you got a, clean it out or, or that sort of thing. That same thing can happen with liquid resin printers as well. So it's just a matter of having the time, the, the, the work-life balance to keep up yeah. with the demand. And uh, I, I'm a little bit different and I, uh, I, I just, I just move forward and, go and follow this engine that, that keeps fueling me, that keeps taking me, uh, you know, to places. But, uh, I highly recommend people have a good, have a good think mm-hmm. say, what do I value my hobby time more than I value the time that I could use to produce and to make money off of it. Right. You definitely can make money off of it. You definitely can. Uh, it's just, you just have to think of, Work, uh, work life balance and mm-hmm. game game life balance is the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely, and that and that's that's important for any anybody that's in the hobby is is finding that balance because, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I like involving my kids in in gaming is well, then I I get to spend time with the kids at the same time, you know, and that's yep. yeah, and and if you can get your kids interested in your hobbies, well, that's that's a win-win right there. Yeah. Well, so. yeah. I mean, that's how it was started with me, with my dad and passed on. And, uh, I've done it with, uh, my, my girls and, uh, to the point that I can no longer play X-Wing with my youngest because 
she she was born with luck i mean she just destroys me so uh, uh, so and uh, just recently well not just recently but I, I i got her into playing dungeons and dragons several years ago and we were playing just the other day and the 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 time the experience of sitting in, across from your daughter your child and seeing their mind open up and get so excited mm-hmm. when they're ex- describing what they're going to buy at the market before they go off for their adventure. Yeah. That is the same experience that I had as a child that I have as an adult child. So uh, I I know this is not about what the show is about, but I definitely recommend, you know, we as adults have to play. We have to have that uh, for our own sanity. And it's, and in this digital age where these kids now are watching YouTube channels of kids playing video games. Right. Which doesn't, I, I just, I don't understand. You got to get them off of that and use their imagination and use their. Absolutely. Influence. So there, there's my, I get off my soapbox now. No, I, I, I definitely think that this is, I mean, this is worthy of a, of a discussion, but on its own. but that is also a good segue. The other thing about 3d printing is my, uh-huh. my, both my kids, but my youngest, my 10 year old, loves 3D printing and knows how to download a file, knows how to slice it, knows how to move it to a machine and knows how to print it because Mm -hmm. these 3D printers in some forms, they're not going to go away and they are in the kids' classrooms now. So Mm -hmm. this, the future, the future is now. So this technology is here for these kids. I I really believe that in the future, uh, Every household is going to have a 3D printer at some type, and that technology is going to be there. And if you could get these kids involved, they could go on the, the free website called Thingiverse. They can download Pokemon stuff. They could download Harry Potter stuff or whatever, and they just print it. And it's and it's it's funny. My uh, my brother's son 3D printed a fishing pole uh, oh, and cool. a fishing rod, and he caught a fish with it the, the other day. So. <laughs> that's fantastic yeah 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 that's fantastic yeah that's that's something that i would definitely like to get uh get my kids uh interested in because if they you know any time that you can you can teach them something without realizing they're being taught that <laughs> all right <laughs> that's fantastic um you know in in exactly what you were saying about uh you know, this, this is technology that, that will continue to be used. And, you know, if, if they can get a head up on or a foot in the door, so to speak, early on and understanding how to use it, I mean, it's, you know, it's like the, you know, the kids around here where, where I live, you know, the kids that do live on a working farm and already know how to weld before they even, before they even get into a, into a, uh, uh, vocational education setting, they're they're well ahead of the kids that that don't. You know, my my wife used to be an ag teacher and she taught welding and she's you know she's a pretty decent welder herself and she would say, man, this this one kid, he's he's really good. He's probably better than me already. And you know, anytime that you can get practical, you know, I'm all for practical education like that. I'm all for uh, vocational training. And, uh, I, <laughs> I need to 
back off before I get on my soapbox because I'm a I'm a big believer in vocational education and what we used to refer to as uh extra not extracurricular but uh you know non college preparatory classes like art and music and uh shop and right. home ec and that sort of thing but I, I I'll I'll step away from the soapbox and <laughs> we'll get back to the topic at hand um so as far as the business is concerned uh business is going very well for special arts and services miniatures yes it sure Good. is yep it sure is and it's you know you put out your goals and you, if you're open you receive them <laughs> and mm-hmm. so it's something that is a constant it's building the momentum and it's it's only grows by the community so i'm mm-hmm. very thankful for all my supporters and uh, you know i definitely have learned a lot over the years and continue and will continue so and uh, looking at the Zencaster screen, it looks like uh, super guest and intermittent co-host Chris Arnold has joined. Uh, Chris, how you doing? Doing well. Good morning, Tim. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm doing well. Good. Good. Yeah, I, I completely forgot that he wanted in on this. So, <laughs> oh, that's funny. He texted me. We still doing this? Like, oh, dang it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, now that we've said all the important things, Jay, I think we could. Yeah, about time to wrap up. Yeah, it's about time to wrap up. Uh, on on the slicing, I've actually been playing with the uh, slicer software that uh, the uh, was it the Raise Three D company uh, provides. Yeah, Idea Maker. And, yeah, um, how accurate are those estimates? Uh, as far as time, yeah, time and and uh, amount used. Oh, I would say they're pretty darn accurate. Yep. Okay. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting to um, I've I found a a Battlestar Galactica Battlestar that it actually was too big for the twelve by twelve <laughs> area that I was working in, yeah. and so it it shrunk it down to point one five percent of actual size and it was still going to take 66 hours yeah so i i was i wasn't shocked but i was shocked if that makes sense well yeah especially those it 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 all depends upon the detail of the model but it also depends on the size as well yeah so there are software out there that you can use to um break the parts you know so, yeah and and um i have never used them well i i take it back i have used them but i i have not i haven't really used them that much uh, but the, the software basically takes the the file of the vehicle and makes them kind of like into lego parts mm-hmm. where you could quarter the the sections and print those sections and then piece them together now the the one thing about especially dealing with PLA, it's a corn based material. It does not adhere well to regular super glue. So m- my experience has been you can get the gel, a lot of the like the, the Loctite gel, or those uh, 
the that laser I forget the name of the there is a liquid material that you use to put over a part and then you use UV light to bond the material together. Interesting. Yeah. That is the best in my opinion, from my experience. But yeah, uh I will tell you I, I was I remember trying to super glue a, a piece of PLA to another piece of PLA and it wasn't sticking. Like, <laughs> what the heck is going on here? Well, because the the super glue itself does not chemically break down to adhere well to the PLA, so you have to use alternatives. Mm. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> but that well I that infomercial that sells um uh, it's like this laser glue or laser pen you could buy it at walmart it's mm-hmm. this material that is a, a liquid glue and you you just spread it on the part and then you stick the part together and then you take the supplied uv light and you just weld it basically with that yeah, yeah i've actually seen that uh I've, I've seen that on commercials and yeah, it works uh, I'm sure it just uh, just got reset there at Walmart with uh, uh, with my wife having to reset their as seen on TV shelves. So yeah. I'll have to ask her about the stuff. So also the most important thing, though, whenever you're using that type of light, you want to wear safety glasses that mm-hmm. uh, protect your eyes from UV light. So there's my medical disclaimer. Yeah, and probably gloves and sunscreen, and you better wear a hat, too. Well, yeah. when, when you're using that welding light, that laser light, the UV light, don't look into the light. Uh, or if unless you have special safety glasses that are designed to you know, protect you from the UV light. Because mm-hmm. it, it will blind you. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's that would be less than optimal. Um, now... With as with as much experience as you have in three D printing, I'm I'm sure at this point you've had some, shall we say, bizarre or interesting, uh, events as far as stuff that's come out of the printer. Uh, yeah, you know, maybe reversed heads or anything like that. Um, well, nothing like that. I have had the major issues that I've had with printing, FDM printing is adhesion bed adhesion meaning that that at some point the plastic did not melt well properly and did not adhere to the base or the build the the, say it's a building the building is so big the weight of of it um is will lift up off the corners Mm -hmm. so you know so imagine you're printing a square (laughs) <laughs> building's a rectangle you're printing a building and um halfway through or almost halfway through that you're done with your 36 hour print uh at some point the print lifts off the bed just a slight different like a slight lift or maybe not even that but the printer's still printing so then you 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 come downstairs or you look at the printer and it's done and now everything is printed lopsided because of the that part or that that model lifted off during and um, 
many boffins have died during that experience. <laughs> so the, the best thing that you could do for that is you go to Walmart or whatever and buy a pack of glue sticks. So then when you are printing, especially when you first start the print and it's laying those first layers of plastic on that bed, you follow that with the glue stick and you just follow it all around and you put more glue over the layers, especially the corners. And then what happens is that glue stick, the glue, because that print bed is hot, the glue itself melts and melts onto the bed and help mm. it melts within that plastic and it helps create uh, a good solid layer of adhesion yeah and then i i would imagine that capillary action takes over with the liquefied glue and gets it underneath all the way around yes yep 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 you got to do it i do it i do it with all of my pla prints all of it because and you, whenever you, and especially guys that are buying printers, you don't want to buy a printer that doesn't have a bed that's heated. Now, you can buy printers that have beds that aren't heated. And the trick with that is they take blue tape, blue tape, painter's tape, and they mm -hmm. put it on the bed layer by layer. And then they use the glue stick um, method. But. I would just recommend buying a printer with a heated bed. You want to do that. Now, people who use ABS, they make a, a slurry, a slushy of melted ABS with acetone. Oh, that's that's got to be pleasant. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it gets better. And so then they take that slurry and then they paint the slurry, that acetone, uh, the, the, the melted um, ABS onto the print bed itself. So it's creating its own mm -hmm. adhesion. Okay. The other thing about ABS real quick is that, yes, you can get ABS pretty smooth. And you can do that by uh, using uh, vapor from acetone and uh, chemically vaping away lines and melting lines. Uh, there's a lot of guys that do that. I personally don't. And I personally don't recommend it because just to me, that doesn't sound safe. <laughs> No, it doesn't sound like the fumes emanating from that are going to be exactly healthy. Right now, no. if you're printing a building and you want it smooth and you're printing it with PLA, there are uh, resins that you can buy uh, from the, um, Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever and that you could paint on, brush on. And after a couple layers you will get a smoothness. I wouldn't recommend it necessarily for vehicles, but it's great for buildings. Um, there's also materials out there that you can, it's basically the same thing. It's liquid resin. You put it on the model that you've printed and then you can sand away uh, to make it smooth. And it's very smooth. Very mm -hmm. smooth. So there are alternatives for, for uh, PLA stuff. Okay. Uh, where do you see 3D printing going, say, in the next five to ten years? I, I got to think that Moore's Law applies, just yes. like any anywhere else with computing. You know, if, if you're not familiar with Moore's Law, it basically states that the power of, of a computer doubles every year and a half. Yeah. Um, so I see definitely 
FDM printers no longer being there, or at least on the, the way, the scale that we think of it is, and liquid resin printers will become cheaper and the bed sizes of them will become bigger. Mm-hmm. And that means also the liquid resin itself uh, will become cheaper. But definitely it's it's the lasers and liquid resin is is the, the, the better way. That's where I see it. Okay. But and to get bed sizes for uh, liquid resin printers. So the race 3D printers have, you know, 12 by 12 by 12 bed size. And mm-hmm. I, I think you can buy them new at like 2,500 bucks. To get a liquid resin printer uh, at 12 by 12 by 12, most cases you're, you're in the tens and tens of thousands of dollars. Mm. So there, you, you know, there you go. <laughs> yeah. It's quite a bit of difference there. With okay. the liquid resin, and you might have mentioned this before I came on, but with liquid resin, what what type of resolution are you looking at with those? Well, uh, they go they can go twenty five micron and below. Wow. Okay. Yep. Because I know the Rage three D, in two or whatever it is, has a the smallest of, I think was it point uh, one. Yeah. Point zero one. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so going below 0.25, you know, if that's their top end, that that's pretty good stuff. That's it sounds like you were going to not have too many uh, lines. No, uh, you're not going to have any there. No, now now, Nan, you know, liquid resin printing, uh, SLA printing, uh, is not without its faults and issues. You still have, you can still have issues and. That's a whole other technology to learn, and it's a whole mm-hmm. different method of how you. It's the reverse of of printing with a, a FDM printer, so it is not. It's not that it's not uh, fail safe. You definitely have issues, but uh, mm-hmm. the the product, the quality itself, is is leaps bounds. Well, Tim, I think that that just about covers the the main points and I'd like to get feedback from from the audience on this cuz I I know that there's more that we could discuss uh on the topic and I'm sure it's I'm sure you wouldn't mind coming on in the future to discuss more if maybe we had a a Q&A would you would you be willing to do that oh, if sure. we got some questions right. from the yep. from the audience yep. oh yeah okay. yep. that's what it's and, about you know yeah getting getting information out what's uh Aside from getting a heated bed and be patient and you get what you pay for, uh, what what one piece of advice would you give an amateur who's thinking about getting into this? It really depends upon if you're a new a, a beginner and you're wanting a 3D printer, you got to ask yourself, what am I getting a 3D printer for? Mm-hmm. Am I getting it to print buildings? Because there are there's companies out there that that sell files for buildings, and they sell them in sections, or they can you know or or whole buildings themselves. So it really ask yourself, what am I getting into three D printing for? What am I wanting to print? And then I need to look at my budget to see what that will allow me. I personally, like I said, recommend at least for your own sanity, getting get. Get something that's the above a thousand dollars. Now, I'm sure people will say Tim is completely wrong. My five hundred dollar printer works just fine. That's great. That's that's. I am not going to argue there. I can only go by my own experience, 
and uh, my own lessons. Uh, so I definitely that's that's the that's the biggest thing. And start small. You know, uh, you are going to have issues. You know, I, the same thing I tell people when using wanting to learn how to use an airbrush: allow yourself to fail. Yeah. Don't don't <laughs> think that this first print is the the first time I print something is going to be the mark in my experience going forward. It's not. So allow yourself to fail, print something small, learn your machine, learn how the quirks of it, learn how to remove the, 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 print, the filament from the extruder, uh, that, that sort of thing. Start small, mm-hmm. then go, then go bigger. Okay. Yeah. I think that's excellent advice and something we'll, we'll have to take to take to heart. Um, well, I definitely want to thank you for coming on, uh, and I'll definitely uh, keep you posted on on a Q and A for three D printing. I think that uh, I think that there's folks out there that want to know more, and maybe I didn't cover what they wanted to cover, so I'll give folks the chance to have their voice heard. Great. Yep. Uh, so yeah, great. I'm I'm glad that I'm able to provide at least my two cents and experience, and that you know that's what this is about helping the community. Absolutely, Tim. Again, thanks. Thanks again for being the the first friend of the show. And I'll, uh, you know, your, your position with this show is, is unmatched and unrivaled and will never be replicated. So I've got to, I've got to thank you for that. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining me and, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you later this afternoon. We're, we're going to be hobbying together, uh, with a friend of ours, Damien. He's never put any game figures together at all. And we're going to teach him the basics today. Awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to that. So any any last thoughts guys i'm just uh excited to get some hobbying in this afternoon and uh you know looking forward to seeing what's uh coming coming out from uh special artisans services uh in the future uh, I, I do keep track of what you're putting out and i i do love the uh water bottles and the uh ice chests and coolers oh thanks yep um but my, my i i did in the six millimeter uh, a uh, headquarters section for my National Guard uh, unit, and I showed it to my dad. He said, "Well, all that's missing there is a uh, couple of folding chairs and a, and a cooler full of Lone Star." <laughs> <laughs> so you're on the right track. <laughs> well, hydration is very important. <laughs> well, once again, Tim, Chris, thanks for coming on. And as always, if the war gaming you're having isn't any fun, you make it fun. That is all. As I mentioned with Tim, I do want to do a Q&A session. So if you do have any questions regarding 3D printing or special artisan service miniatures, go ahead and send those to me via Twitter at VeteranWarGamer or via email theveteranwargamer at gmail.com. Again, that's Twitter at Veteran Wargamer or email theveteranwargamer at gmail.com. I look forward to seeing your questions. The Veteran Wargamer is copyright J. Arnold 2018. All music courtesy of bensound.com.